gentlemen, Fourth and Trollers, welcome back to Fourth and Troll Fantasy, the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And we have got a great episode for you guys today. Wes, it is NFL Draft Week. We made yeah, it. Boy. It's so exciting. It's a very exciting time uh, for, for a lot of people, whether you play Redraft, whether you play Dynasty, whether you play Keeper, whether you play football, whatever, you know, we're a fantasy football podcast, so there you go. Uh, but we have a great show today. We're going to do a little bit of a draft preview. It's going to be a fun time. Wes, how are you feeling pre-episode? How's your how's your week been? What have you been up to? My week has been, my week has been good. Um, I, dude, pff, check out this shirt I bought. Show, show me. I just want to show you. I just want to show you. Dude, isn't this like the coolest shirt you've ever seen? Look That's at a pretty this. sweet shirt. Isn't that sweet? It's pretty awesome. Look, I went to Target. Nice. I went to Target just to get some stuff. And I was like, you go to Target. You go to Target to look at the shirts, too. You yeah. can't not. Yeah. Check out graphic tees. And then I was like, look at this. I also got the shirt of her because I like her. That's sick. Yep. And then everything else. So that's like the highlight of my week was buying some shirts. How are you? It's pretty sweet. What a, good, what a good highlight. I'm good, man. I'm excited for this episode. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm so excited for the draft. Wes, you and I, you know, we're, we we talk mostly redraft uh, in on this podcast. You know, it's kind of what we uh, started on last season. Is what we want to stick to this year. But uh, we'll we'll give some some nuggets of dynasty here and there this this season because you and I are starting our are, are playing in our first dynasty league this year, and so uh, the draft is yes, a very sir. exciting time for us because we are focused in i don't know if i've ever focused more on on draft prospects uh than than oh, this year same yeah this has been absolute maniacal for me yeah yeah so it's a it's a lot of fun i'm excited it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good episode we like i said we're gonna do a little bit of draft preview talk about the draft class talk about the top prospects give some ideal maybe dream landing spots uh and and just make sure that you're here next week because obviously we're going to do a post-draft breakdown, and we're going to look back at, you know, kind of what we're thinking, how we're feeling, that sort of thing. First things first, Wes, though, there's some news and some big news and some longing news and things to talk about just to go over <laughs> real quick before we jump into a draft preview. Go take it away. What do we got? Well, I don't know if anyone really cares, but this is, I guess, somewhat important because it's a known player. Allen Robinson was officially traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was once a time that would have been, wow. Yeah. But after a sad year in Chicago and then last year with L.A., uh, I mean, what is he, wide receiver three at best? Yeah, I, he, he's know. like fourth in the pecking order of that team, I think, and 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 maybe fifth behind Najee Harris. We'll see what happens with, with his receiving <laughs> work this year. a different position. But maybe, yeah. you know. He's, he's a fryer is there, yeah. too. Deontay Johnson. George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, and then maybe Allen Robinson, but you never know. Wes, I was thinking about it. You and I may have saw what could be classified as Allen Robinson's last good game in the NFL. In his career, I, that's that's possible. Yeah, you and I saw him. Uh, Rams took on the Panthers at SoFi last season, and we saw him score a touchdown. And that that may have been his last good game ever. So, hey, you it heard it here be. first. Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Last, last good game, Al Robinson. R.I.P. Gone through soon. Yeah. Uh, what else is new? Just a couple other things before we jump into the biggest news of the week. Uh, first, 49ers are answering the phone 
with trade implications to maybe move on from Trey Lance. Now, the, the phraseology for anyone that's curious is that they are answering calls, not making yeah. the calls. They're taking the calls. All right. All that means is that people are seeing, hey, Purdy's probably their future. That's something to take note of for anyone that's interested in how the dynamic looks on offense. They may be moving forward with Purdy indefinitely and may move on from Trey Lance. Very interesting uh, uh, event. I was trying to think of a word. I couldn't think of a word. Uh, other than situation. Event. Sure. Situation is a good one. Situation. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, hy- hyperbole. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty. I'm just, a pretty wor- I'm just saying words at this point. Yeah. So what a fascinating cantaloupe this is. So keep your yeah, eyes. Yeah, this on is this. a good uh, board game called Clue. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, last two, anyway. last two, then we get to the big one. Um, all right, so some unfortunate news: five players were suspended for violating the gambling policy from the NFL, including last year's. Very excited, hyper-focused rookie, Jamison Williams of the Detroit Lions. All of them uh, were suspended for at least six games. Some were suspended indefinitely, at least for this next year. Jamison's going to be out for six games. A really unfortunate situation because there was a lot of potential. We saw what he did in his first game back with Detroit, and they drafted him pretty high. But again, it's going to be tough for for his road in the NFL. And we'll see if Dan Campbell wants to, how they're going to use him when he returns the off season. Yeah. I want to go silver lining on this. I want to go silver lining on this. Listen, I like his his ADP, his ADP is going to drop. And if he's got to sit for six games and then come be a stud (laughs) on my team, that's fine. All right. I'm going, I'm going silver lining here. It's, it's the Deandre Hopkins scenario from last year. Exactly. You get him like the 100th pick overall. Yeah. What a, so we'll what see a what strange way that we view the situation. It's not yeah. his It's like, oh, man. His life. It's like, Moral oh, man. downfall. And I'm like, <laughs> game for me. I know. Eighth yeah. round, baby. Yeah, I Golly. got it. my fifth wide receiver taken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. We are terrible people. Um, uh, it's not all the time. All right, so last one. <laughs> Titans GM said that they have – not received any calls about trading away Derrick Henry. That's got to be a lie. There's no way that nobody has called. And also, I mean, all right. That's like, are um, you upset? That's like (laughs) when, are you mad? I I have a girlfriend. Oh, really? Who is she? She goes to another school. That's what this is. I don't like, I'm like, that is. Yeah, I'm like, what? It has that not, same pettiness. Derrick Henry's on the trade block. Oh, okay. Have you gotten any calls about it? No, none that I like. Like it's like that's like that sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So it's. I did see a rumor that the Eagles, <laughs> that the Eagles are uh, a likely team to finalize a trade, which would just be the rudest thing ever. Yeah. Last year, take AJ Brown and then Derrick Henry the next year. That would I be. I did. I saw AJ Brown tweeted something about that. Like he tweeted out like a hey, 22 isn't taken on the team or something like that. And it was like, can you imagine? No, that would no, be so do that. absurd. Yeah. That'd be that'd like, be that's like forcing a trade in Madden. Yeah. I mean, that would be unfair. The Eagles would be unstoppable. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for holding on to the last little bit of news. Now it's official. It finally happened. It's officially, officially, official. 
Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the New York Jets. They finally made a trade. I'm gonna I I I'm gonna read off the compensation because this is ridiculous what happened here. Yeah. So the Packers get in return pick number 13 overall. They get the 42nd pick overall, which is a second round. They get a sixth round for this year as well, and then a conditional 2024 pick in the second round if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays. The Jets don't just get Rodgers. They also get the 15th overall pick. You mean to tell me... You mean to tell me that the compensation was not just what the Packers were going to get, but the Jets were like, "Give me Rogers, and and your and your first round pick, and your first, give, give me your first round pick, and your first. Yeah, it was like they Kevin traded, Costner. It's like they draft traded thirteenth, thirteenth to fifteenth. What? Yeah, so first Why? round pick swap. Why do this? A second rounder, a first round pick swap, a second rounder, uh, a, a sixth rounder, and then I believe that conditional next year is. Is a twenty? Is it, tw- it? It could go to a first round pick next year. I think that's what it is. It could go to a first if Rogers plays sixty five percent of snaps. Yes. So you are right. It's conditional second to first. Yeah. It's absurd that they got Aaron Rodgers and number fifteen. But I think the Packers got a decent haul too on this as well. I think I. I understand why it took so long because I do think they did find a good ground on this compensation here. Um, you know, uh, weirdly enough, I think the Packers or I think the Jets are actually going to going to trade back from that spot too and get even more out of this. I think they'll trade back from fifteen. Uh, a lot of people have an offensive lineman going there, uh, which I don't think people are valuing. Any, I think they're thinking it's a reach at fifteen for the next best one. So I don't know. We'll see what happens there, but. Um. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, and he's going back to his college number. He's wearing number eight. So, that's right. Joe number Namath eight, no 12. twelve. Yeah, yeah. very interesting. So, well, that's fun times. That's it. Finally happened. We can finally let go of of keeping track of Rodgers in New York and all this stuff. So yeah. now, Noah, let's dive into these top rookie prospects for this draft. Uh, we're going to start with the quarterback position. Walk us through what this draft class looks like, just kind of in a general yeah. sweeping landscape of what's yeah. going so on. So let's we'll go through some some dream landing spots for some of these top top prospects. I just want to say something first, and and I did some research on this, and um and and this draft class, as far as skill position goes, uh, and and I'm talking mostly at the wide receiver position. Um, I don't like it. And I don't like it because I think they're too small. I think these wide receivers coming into the league are too small. I think they're too short. I think they're too light. And I don't think they'll be successful in a fantasy football aspect in, in the league. I think it, I think there's going to be a couple gems here, but I think it's really going to be tough to, you know, all these guys to make immediate impacts. I want to tell you why I think that because – in 2022, of the top 50 PPR wide receivers, all but seven of them weighed 190 pounds or more. All but seven. Of those seven, four were consensus stars in, 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 in college, star wide receivers in college, consensus top picks. 
We've got Jalen Waddle, who weighed 182 pounds, obviously sixth overall pick. Devontae Smith weighed 170 pounds, and that was talked about a lot when he was coming into the league, 10th overall pick. The, those were the PPR wide receivers eight and nine last year. Uh, Chris Olave, PPR wide receiver 26, was 187 pounds, 11th overall pick, star, star top pick. Marquise Brown, wide receiver 40, obviously he had the injury there, but he was 170 pounds, and he was taken with the 25th overall pick. Now, the other guys here are your gems that you find that go later. You know, it's, it's Tyler Lockett, who was taken in the third round. It's Deontay Johnson, who was taken in the third round. Both these guys, 182 and 183 pounds. And then it's Richie James, who's 185 pounds, PPR wide receiver 47, was taken in the seventh round, pick number 240. And, and you know, it took him four seasons to become the wide receiver 47 in fantasy. Now, of the consensus kind of top 10 wide receivers in this draft class, four of them are above 190 pounds. Six of them are below, and four of the six are well below. Jalen Hyatt, 176 pounds. Jordan Addison, 173 pounds. Josh Downs, 171 pounds. Nate Dell, 165 pounds. Marvin Mims, 183 pounds. Listen, this is just history and trends, but I'm a little bit worried about this wide receiver draft class for that reason. They're small. They're small guys, and it worries me, and I, and I, and I think we're going to really need to be careful and paying a lot of attention on draft capital and where these guys are landing and wh- how high they're being taken. Obviously, if Jalen Hyatt gets taken 10th overall to the Philadelphia Eagles for some reason, it's like, okay, well, they invested a 10th overall pick. Like, he's going to be used. Like, like he's going to be he's, – in, he's in their game plan somewhere. Like, that's, that's happening. Um, but, like, we re- I, I really just want to encourage all the trollers, all the Jareds out there, make sure – that you are watching closely to where these guys get drafted because it's very, very important. These small guys have a history of not being the top guys that we want them to be in fantasy football. Just pay attention. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's 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 the kind of math I eat up. Just the random, very niche <laughs> data to help yeah. try to get that one bit of ed- that edge over the competition and to help – just sift through this. Just I mean, do our best, I, I, I almost don't really care if you're right because I'm going to buy. I want to buy in right. because that's that's yeah. hilariously accurate. And yeah, I mean, now, it, it's worth noting though because these are they're not the tallest receivers coming into this class. Yeah, these I'll guys admit. are short too. These guys are short and they're and they they're really light, so it's tough. Now, it, I have similar a similar thing to talk about with the running backs. It's not as big of a sample size here with the class coming in, but of the top 50 PPR PPR running backs last year, of the top 50, only one was less than 200 pounds. It was James Cook. Ooh. 190 pounds. That was it. Wow. One. One out of 50. And he was the RB44 in PPR. Like, it was – that was that. So – Obviously, there's, it's not as much of a, a, a hindrance on this running back class. Jameer Gibbs is 199 pounds. He's right there on that window. Devon A-Chain, who's a speedster from Texas A&M, is 188 pounds. And then Deuce Vaughn from, uh, I believe, uh, uh, Kentucky, uh, K-State. Was it Kansas State? There it is. Um, 
Deuce Vaughn, 179 pounds, and he's like 5'8 or like 5'7 or something like that. He is a small guy. So those are guys you have to, you're going to have to go ahead and obviously keep an eye on the draft capital there as well. So, But but there's these weight thresholds, man. There's these weight thresholds, and, and I found it really interesting, and, and it's just something I want to talk about before we jump into a draft preview. That is really interesting, especially because that does give – Another, as I was, as we were talking about just a second ago, another bit of data to just try to find a reason to draft or not draft someone yeah. that, because I mean, truthfully, not a lot of NFL fans are just as committed to college. I would, I mean, it feels like half right. at best also watch college. So you hear NFL fans now are hearing the names of Bryce Young, CJ Scroud, Bijan Robinson, maybe Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, probably. Right. Christian Gonzalez, but he's not really relevant to fantasy. It's just I think that's helpful to look at if you want people to take some rookies, who to take, who to avoid. That's a great start. I like jumping into it right after that. It's fantastic, Noah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's jump into some quarterbacks here. Uh, And right now, let's talk about Bryce Young. He's the odds-on favorite to go number one right now. And actually by a huge margin, if you're someone who does sports betting or bets on the books or anything like that, uh, he is minus – Last time I checked, minus twelve hundred to go first overall. That means if you wow. bet a yeah, if you bet twelve hundred dollars, you win a hundred dollars. So the people who are paying out money on these sports books are saying, yeah, we're pretty freaking sure that he's going number one. Uh, so he's the odds-on favorite right now. Size is obviously a concern, uh, but he's unbelievably accurate and was raised to be in this kind of situation. He was a five-star quarterback coming out of high school. As long as he can stay healthy and on the field, uh, he'll be great. The Panthers have a great offensive line, so I'm hoping the Panthers do take him as the first man off the board. I believe he should be. I believe they will. Uh, I think he's in a good situation there. The the Panthers want to run the football. They obviously signed Miles Sanders, the most expensive running back contract this offseason, so there may not be as much pressure on him to produce immediately as like a you know a big gunslinger, three touchdowns a game, you know, three hundred yards, whatever. Um, but they've got a great O line and a great opportunity for him for for Bryce Young there to go first overall. That's where I'm hoping he goes, and and that's what I think will happen. What do you think, Wes? I think between I'm going to combine Young and Stroud in this conversation. I think whoever ends up in Carolina ends up in the better situation. I think yeah. the O line. I mean, Larry Tunsil, yes, with all he's done in Houston has been fantastic, but. I think this quarterback situation in Carolina is much different than in Houston because Frank Reich is the head coach who was a quarterback for years and has great experience playing with Buffalo and leading the greatest comeback in history until you know the Vikings did it against the team he had just coached. Uh, And then I believe Josh McCown is the quarterback's coach as well, who is a quintessential journeyman. Think of Ryan Fitzpatrick if you don't know Josh McCown. So the situation itself is really great for whoever that quarterback is going to be. I also think the offense is just so much better – or not so much better, but I think there's more opportunity for the quarterback to succeed offensively in Carolina than in Houston. So I'm not trying to put down Houston for Young or Stroud if they end up – whichever one goes there – but I, I just – I think I got disappointed with how the last half of the season went for Damian, Damian Pierce mm-hmm. in Houston. And then just the receivers are the same. And, and I know Nico Collins did fine and Mario Rogers did well as, as uh, additionally. And you, and you always name this other third receiver I forget from Houston that you like or that you mentioned last episode. Who is it? Oh, John Mitchell. Yes. There he is. So mm-hmm. it's like 
they're they're fine, but now with Carolina, they have Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, and we know what they can do. Miles Sanders obviously Hayden Hurst as has well. Done, yeah. Hayden Hurst is now yeah, in Carolina. Is, Thank you. Know, you. A great yes. tight end for a for a young quarterback to have. Yeah. And and I mean, as an overall, I'm not going to draft Young or Stroud. I'm not going to draft yeah. the Panthers quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks don't do well, but at and and honestly, wide receivers don't do well that have a rookie quarterback either. Uh, they right. average wide receiver 31. Yeah. I did some math too. They average wide receiver 31 if they have a rookie as a quarterback. So that makes me concerned for Adam Thielen. But I just think overall the situation is better for Carolina. That's that's my spiel on the two yeah, of them, no, honestly. Very, very, very fair. And that leads me right into CJ Stroud here. You know, as if his tape isn't enough from, from his college career, he was great at Ohio State. Uh, he had a great pro day, a great combine to show off his skill set. I would love to see him in a Texans uniform with head coach D'Amico Ryans. Uh, you know, he is a – they love D'Amico Ryans in Houston. He was a all-star Hall of Fame – or not Hall of Fame, sorry, Pro Bowl player for Houston when he played. Uh, he's back there coaching now. And so I'd love to see him there. Not to mention Houston has the 12th pick as well and have they have an opportunity there to pair up C.J. Stroud with his Ohio State teammate Jackson Smith and Jigba, who I'll talk about a little bit later. I'd love to see Stroud go to Houston – uh, I think they'll. I think those two guys will be one two off the board, and so that's that's where I'm. I'm hoping those guys go. I think they're both actually good fits there for them as well. Yeah, my last thought on these two quarterbacks is that Stroud, I think, is already pro ready, but I think Young has the higher ceiling. I, I'm not trying to create a Peyton Manning Ryan Leaf narrative, mm-hmm. but I do think that was the same. That was the same conversation. Manning was more pro ready, but Leaf had the higher ceiling. I think Young has the higher ceiling, but Stroud seems very pro ready. And I actually think that is better for Houston than Young because D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach. He came from San Francisco. We saw what they did. They have an unbelievable defense. Part of it also is they have great players, but I think that helped shift the focus on just working on the defense, making sure they can get everything on the back end ready, and then Stroud can just follow through the procedures where young has the opportunity to be free and be himself and try to be more of a playmaker. So the more I think about it, the more I think it probably is better that young goes to Carolina, even though we heard that soundbite of them saying to CJ Stroud. And when you get a house yeah. in Carolina, we'll find you a, a golf course or something, whatever yeah, it was. It's really, it's really changed up from, from Stroud's pro day. We really thought, you know, there's literally video evidence of, Joshua Callum being like, yeah, we'll play basketball whenever you get here. And uh, and it's just like, oh, like, well, okay, then Stroud's there. So it really switched up there. But uh, moving on here to Anthony Richardson, perhaps the most exciting pick at the position in this year's draft uh, as far as the range of outcomes goes. I think Richardson needs development. I do. But he truly could become a great star in the league with that development. I do think he is pretty inaccurate. I think he has a great deep ball. I think he can throw a beautiful ball, and then you watch his next three throws, and you are like, oh, those were bad. Those were not good. So uh, you got, I do think he needs that development. Uh, I would love to see him sit for a year, but I don't know that uh, I don't know that Indianapolis and new head coach Shane Steichen will let Richardson fall past him. So I, I see Richardson going to the Indianapolis Colts. I think Shane Steichen – former Eagles offensive coordinator is looking for potentially his Jalen hurts. And so I think that's something that Jim Irsay and the front office will just allow to happen. They'll just say, you know what, if you believe we saw what you did with Jalen hurts, 
and he made the leap with a with a big time receiver. You know, maybe they think Michael Pittman can be that for Anthony Richardson. Maybe they think Richardson is going to develop that way. But I think the Colts go Richardson, and uh, and Anthony Richardson is wearing number fifteen in the blue and white. What do you think? He is he is not going beyond fourth overall, and and I think that it's the Colts probably need to need to consider if they haven't already point a Mitch Trubisky type trade and go up one spot. He's going up one, yeah. Because the Cardinals are third overall and they do not need a quarterback. And there are teams like the Seahawks that could go up two spots and get the Cardinals pick. There are teams like the Titans that yeah. everyone feels like Tannehill is no longer the future. Malik Willis bombed. So they obviously need to move around. And there's even the Falcons that have an opportunity to try to make a move if they really don't think Ritter is the option. Apparently they love Ritter, but they were linked with Lamar Jackson. So there is some kind of opinion that they do want a better quarterback. And then there's the Raiders who have actually met with Anthony Richardson and talked with him and are trying to – I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to do well. But there are teams that are going to try to make a move for the Cardinals spot, and that's going to be to get Anthony Richardson. Now, if anyone is wondering why this narrative about Anthony Richardson is that he needs development and should sit a year, it's because of what Noah is is saying, is that he's inconsistent. His lows are pretty low, but his highs are unbelievable. And if anyone wants not play style, not play style at all. But if anyone wants to know how that works, this a very similar opinion was said about Patrick Mahomes is that he has unbelievable raw talent, but he had some inconsistencies and needed to mature and grow in just the IQ. And that is exactly what the Chiefs did. They traded up and they got Mahomes and then he sat behind Alex Smith his rookie year. And then I think you know how he's done since. So that is why there is this big prayer that he's waits a year. (laughs) I'm if it's, if it's not Indianapolis, I think Seattle would give him the best chance to make a run in the Super Bowl in the next four years. I don't, I don't think the Colts are playoff ready as much as the Seahawks are obviously compared to last year, even with Jonathan Taylor. So for me, it's my dream landing spot is honestly Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I've I got to make that move. I've I've got a, something else in mind for Seattle, but it, Seattle was a really close consideration here uh, for Richardson. Uh, last quarterback we'll talk about here is going to be Will Levis, uh, and Will Levis is super underwhelming to me. Uh, he seems to have very little pocket presence or pocket awareness, uh, and he's fairly inaccurate. He had like twenty-seven interceptions over two seasons in college. Uh, He's a big-bodied physical quarterback with great arm strength, and he can move a little bit, so I'm pretty sure that teams are hoping maybe he'll be a Josh Allen type. Uh, I honestly just don't know who the team that will take the shot on him is or you know, or if it will pan out how they want, but I think a good landing spot for him could be Detroit. Uh, I think Jared Goff is surely going to be the guy there for the next two years. Um, he, he's probably going to play out his contract with them, and maybe they give him an extension, maybe they don't, but maybe after that we just see you know the the – Big time, you know, big tough guys guy that Dan Campbell loves to have play for him. Go to <laughs> go to Detroit and you know take a shot there. They've got two picks in the first round this year, so maybe if he falls, they they can take him there. The weird thing is actually today, Wes, I saw that Levis is now the favorite to go number two overall uh, in this year's draft. So I am just <laughs> I, it is going to be a very interesting weekend to see what happens here. But 
Uh, I think Will Levis in Detroit. Not much more to say on that. Do you have anything to add at all? Uh, n- n- uh, one thing, actually. I think sure. that he does have a a really predictable pattern in his drop back, and it's watching his pro day, and it's just the same throw every single snap, which is where he needs to grow if he's going to find success in the NFL. Uh, I-, I think the commanders are a pretty good option, I think, for Will oh, Lewis. Okay. I think... The commanders have an opportunity to try out Will Levis. And I mean, not it's not low risk, but they have really good receivers over there and yeah. great running or good running backs at the very least that I think he has the opportunity to fall and then the offense can help him. And they have a solid enough defense too. Uh, the commanders are my dream spot for Will Levis because I don't think that Will Levis will be a franchise quarterback unless he's thrown into a really strong situation off the gate. Sure. sure, yeah. It'll be interesting to see. I know the commanders have semi-continued to say that they believe in Sam Howell, which is like great power to you. Um, I'm not sure if they actually do, but we'll see. That could be a good landing spot for him there. Uh, moving on to running backs. Big name that probably everybody knows here is going to be Bijan Robinson. Uh, Bijan is the consensus top running back in this year's draft class and is a top five player in the draft for a lot of people. Uh, but we still land at this point of running backs not tending to be taken super early in drafts running back is a high turnover position. I think they are, you know, they are the player that it's like, Hey, you are going to get beat up the most uh, on this team. Like you are, you have the highest opportunity to get, you know, get tackled, get wrecked, you know, that sort of thing. And so, um, you know, there's only really like five teams that I'd be disappointed if Bijan were selected by them. Uh, But I think a dream destination for me is going to be, is going to be Philadelphia. I nothing could help make your $51 million a year quarterback stay healthy for longer than, uh, than adding a true bell cow three down running back who can, you know, help bring down the need for designed, you know, quarterback rushes and stuff like that. Plus it would just be so fun to watch Bijan Robinson get to be added to this offense. So uh, my, my dream destination is Philadelphia for him. That would be stupid. That would be so absolutely dumb. unfair. So dumb. <laughs> I, I would, I would be, upset in the most pleasant way if Bijan yeah. ended up in Philadelphia. Golly. But I put that down too. I, I feel like my destination, my dream destinations are Philadelphia or Chicago because I think both of them have mm, a dual okay. threat quarterback and they both need a strong threatening running back to help with their situation. But I mean, I, where, where do the, I got to look to see where the Eagles pick because I, I can't imagine. So, so they have the 10th pick and then they have number 30. They do so, have the tenth, so they could take him tenth. Some people have said they could maybe get at, him. Yeah, they, some people have said Atlanta takes him at eight. You know, so the, the Tyler Algier truthers like myself, that would be a bummer for us. But um, there's a real possibility that he's there at ten, and they could take him. So there's there's an opportunity there. Stupid, I, crazy. So dumb. Moving so on. dumb if that happens. It'd be so <laughs> crazy. Uh, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs is a guy that I'm not actually super high on. This goes back to just he's a little bit small <gasps> for my liking. Me neither. He's yeah, he's 5'9, 199. You know, I talked about, you know, smaller running backs below 200. Obviously he's only one pound shy of the 200 pound mark, but it still does fall short. But I think in the right scenario that Gibbs could be a ton of fun to watch play. And I seem to remember a certain older AFC West running back with similar measurables looking for a trade this offseason. 
Uh, I'd love for the Chargers to grab Gibbs at pick 21. I think that would be super fun. He he was a good receiving back, 44 receptions his senior year at Alabama. Could easily step into this Austin Eckler role at full go, uh, you know, two seasons from now when Eckler is gone and, and even has a chance to make an impact in his first year as a rookie. Uh, I know the Chargers are probably going to be looking to get a wide receiver in this draft class just because both their current wide receivers are pretty old. So, they may not go with Gibbs at 21, but that's my dream landing spot. I would love to see Gibbs just come in and step into an Austin Eckler role and just be fantasy dominant for five, six years in this new Kellen Moore offense and just have a lot of fun there. So the Chargers are my dream landing spot for Gibbs. That would be very interesting. I, I chose Minnesota, I think, because it's a similar idea is that both of their current running backs, as of as of the the recording of this episode, the Chargers still have Austin Eckler and the Vikings still have Dalvin Cook, but it's yeah. very likely both of them are not going to be on the team. And I think Jameer Gibbs is that similar pass-catching, open-space kind of player. But I'm not that high on him either. I think it's I, it's either he is insanely elusive or it's college football and they're just not as good of tacklers as the pros. And I that's, think he is really I'm, elusive. But I just, I, for some I, reason, I he's not he's not someone who I'm like, yeah, he's awesome. And I know a lot of people think he is. So, I don't know. Just maybe he needs to be in the right spot. I'm not sure. But I think it's funny because we never talked about this, but we're both on the downside. Yeah. Like, Gibbs is not as great. I don't know. He, has, he had 44 catches last year, right. his final year yeah. in college. That's that's very attractive in fantasy. I mean, you get 44 points in full PPR. Just that alone yeah. is awesome. Yardage, so, I, I mean, obviously, sort of stuff, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm interested to see where he goes. I, I think it does need to be in a pass heavy offense like Minnesota or the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. I like. I hope. I hope. Yeah, yeah. It'll that's be really it. That's all my thought is. Yeah. Let's uh, we'll jump to the last <laughs> running back here that we're going to talk about, and that is. Mm, that is Zach Charbonnet. And oh man, how I love me some Zach Charbonnet. He is my favorite yeah, running back do. prospect this year. Listen, he's a big dude who runs fast, he runs with power, and he catches passes. What more can you ask for out of a productive <laughs> fantasy running back? Above the 200 pound mark, catches pat 37 catches in his senior year at UCLA. He runs down, he's a north south runner. He runs downfield. His, his balance is unbelievable. When players are going to try oh and tackle him from the side, I wrote that he down. He just doesn't. He doesn't waver. He just keeps on his line of his his path. He just keeps running. He's unbelievable. Such a good player here. Uh, selfishly, I want the Dolphins to draft Zach, Zach Charbonnet because I would love to have this running back in my favorite football team's backfield. Um, you know, fins up for life, of course. But for fantasy, my dream landing spot here would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Mixon is in a world of drama right now uh, and, and legal issues, stuff like that. And, and back in March, when the executive vice president of the Cincinnati Bengals was asked about Joe Mixon, she replied by saying, right now, he's on the team. So, ah, that clears it up. Thank you. Into that, what you will. Like, it's like, oh, well, that instills confidence that you're excited about him for the future. So. To me, it sounds like there could be an opening at running back in Cincinnati. And give me the freaking six-foot, 215-pound running back from UCLA. Just go there and make an instant impact on the team in fantasy. I, I will salivate profusely if the Cincinnati Bengals draft Zach Charbonnet. I'm very excited about that. 
It's good news that we're focusing on YouTube so that we can actually see the salvation. As yeah, proof. if it happens, if come back next it. Tuesday. I'm if just going to take it, some waterfall. Just yeah, just yeah, that'd be incredible. I also put down Miami for uh, myself just because that's again there is that bias that I have. Of right. Like wow, that would be fantastic. But I, here's what I wrote down about Charbonnet: great body control, good change of speed, good catching back, can hit the hole hard, and is also patient. And doesn't go down easy. And I yeah. gave him a comp of Austin Eckler. So I then attributed the Chargers again in this scenario. This mm. is still thinking that they yeah, are going to completely shift away. Yeah. But I, I think Charbonnet is is very, very well-rounded. And whoever gets him is is probably going to have a solid – like a consistent back for at least four years. Yeah. Bijan is going to be – I don't know. I'm obsessed with Bijan. So for me, yeah. he's my – Top prospect. I think Bijan's the next Ladanian Tomlinson. I'm not even wavering in that stance. But Charbonnet, I have as as the clear number two for me. I very much want to see where he goes and really hope it's a good situation that he can excel right away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited about Charbonnet. Jenna. 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 That, uh, that's a good segue Jenna. here. I'm Jenna. Jump into these wide receivers. Uh, and we're going to start with... <laughs> Jackson Smith and Jigba. Come on, dude. It's a it's a comedy podcast. Come on. It's <laughs> right, the know. most entertaining thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Um uh let's, wow. let's talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba. Wow. <laughs> um that's two in a, that's the first both episodes of season two so far. Yeah, I've had a walk in uh, plug. So we might be starting a trend here. I'm not sure what's gonna happen. We're gonna be broken um, by the fifth episode. Yeah, we're just gonna just gonna boom back. Portland. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's going to be, yeah. That's gonna be I'm so excited for it. All right. <laughs> JSN. Uh, listen, Jackson with the Jigba or JSN. Uh, the Ohio State wide receiver comes in the draft as the top wide receiver prospect. Uh, and I believe he'll be drafted as such. I, as I talked about a little bit when we talked about CJ Stroud, I do think the Houston Texans take him at 12 and pair him up with his college quarterback. They have the connection. We've seen the success with that with Tua and Jalen Waddle, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. That sort of thing. We've seen those those players do well, and the connections do well, and be productive in the league. So, I do think they go ahead and pair him up with uh, C.J. Stroud, who I'm hoping they'll take at pick number two. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, or like we said, J.S.N. Or is I think I'm going to be calling. Everyone's calling him J.S.N. I'm going to give him my own nickname, Wes. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Jigs. All right. Jigs. Yeah, I like Jigs. I like Jigs. Okay. Jigs. Uh, Jigs, Jigs missed a lot of last year with an injury. I can rock with that. Yeah, I think it's a fun one. Uh, he yeah. he missed a lot of last year with an injury, but he put any concerns straight to bed when he put on an absolute master class at the combine. Um, he he ran <clears throat> a fantastic three cone drill. Showed off his agility. His hands looked great. He was he was really killing it out there at the combine. And so, uh, you know, any concern with that, people kind of laid to bed there. Um, just something here to chew on. Jackson Smith and Jigba is teammates with two of the top rookie wide receivers in last year's class, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. And both of those guys are on the record saying that Jackson Smith and Jigba was the best player out of the three of them. And he was younger than them at the time. So take what you will with that. But ultimately, I think this guy can be a stud from day one. Day one, he is a super day one. That was nice. Um, I think he'd be a stud from day one. Jared, take note. He can be a stud from day one. And uh, and I think, you know, 
who's the next best wide receiver in the Texans offense? Robert Woods? Like, I, I don't know. Like, like he can be, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba can be a really good player in fantasy and in the NFL from day one, a super safe floor for fantasy teams as well. So I'm excited about JSN. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was probably my dream landing spot until you started mentioning that. I think at the start of the pod of of J- of Jigs <laughs> of Jigs ending up in in Houston. I think that's probably a really great opportunity. I I I also think he's probably the top prospect for the receiver class. I I made a note when I was just watching just how he performs. Is I, I put down. I don't understand how he is that wide open. He just yeah. must be a really good route runner because every highlight I watch, I was like, what? no one's near him. So yeah. if you have that connection, and that's what pro days are for too. You watch Ohio State Pro Day and it's just him and and Young or Stroud. Young? Which one is it? Stroud. 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 Thank you. I, I got mixed up there. Yeah, watching them work together is what we've seen as the other duos we've seen from college into pros. Yeah, I th- actually, I like that a lot. Jigs to Houston, that's a great, great choice. Yeah, I think it's the most immediate, probably fantasy-friendly he could be. I think he's got an, a, a straight line to a wide receiver one. I kind of think about, you know, hopefully it's a better situation and outcome than Drake London last year. Drake London. Um, but I, but I do London, think about Drake London just because, you know, he went as he was the first wide receiver off the board, and so a lot of us went, okay, well, he's the guy in Atlanta. Like He has an immediate an immediate, uh, you know, trajectory to be their top wide receiver. So I think, I think Jigs would also do that in Houston as well. Um, going to move on here to Jordan Addison. Addison is a super exciting player in this year's draft. He won the Bolitnikoff award, uh, two years ago when he was his wide receiver at Pitt for being, uh, Bolitnikoff is the best college football wide receiver. So he won that two years ago at Pitt. And then obviously last year played at USC. He plays all over the field. He plays in the slot. He plays outside. He looks super good everywhere. Uh, like I talked about, the league is getting smaller as far as these wide receivers go, but I just I don't love him weighing 173 pounds. Um, <laughs> it's not not what I what I would love for a wide receiver here. Uh, and I actually am worried that the Chargers are going to take him at pick 21 and miss out on my dream pairing of Jameer Gibbs and the Chargers there. Uh, but a dream destination for Jordan Addison for me. I think it would be the Minnesota Vikings. I think pairing up Jordan Addison and Justin Jefferson on that field together could be a super exciting fit. Throwing TJ Hawkinson into the mix, it could be a lethal trio. Uh, real quick, sorry to the KJ Osborne truthers, uh, but did we really think that the <laughs> yeah. third year man who had yeah who, the third year man who had twenty five percent of his entire season's production and what ended up being the greatest comeback in NFL history was going to emerge as a as a star slot yeah. player for this team. I don't think so, but uh, I would love to see Jordan Addison on the Vikings with with Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson there. Addison's an incredibly agile and athletic player, and he just spins so much, and he's yeah. so quick with his cuts. Uh, the only problem is he has an ankle injury in college already. So uh-huh. that makes me concerned on just the longevity of maybe even a full season. But I would say that would make no sense to have him go to Minnesota to be with JJ. But then you look at Miami and it's like, well, I guess it works. Yeah. So yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. But if he yeah, goes to the chargers, I'm not, I'm not upset with that, but me I either, I think it takes maybe a year to, to fully step into a huge role, but I think in probably a year, one of those two wide receivers, either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, are gone. So he steps into a bigger role there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, 
Jordan Addison, I would like to see him on the Vikings. You know, it would be, be super interesting. Uh, Going to move to Quentin Johnson here. Johnson is usually the most attractive wide receiver in the draft based off of his size. 6'3", 208 pounds. He's got the makings of being an elite deep ball receiver, and a lot of what he showed in college would suggest the same. He averaged 17.8 yards per reception last year at TCU, a number that would place him second in the NFL amongst all wide receivers last year. So he has the chance to be an elite-level deep threat. Uh, and he drops the ball a little bit, which which worries me. He tends to kind of catch with his body instead of his hands, which I don't love. Um, but I don't think that'll stop a team like Baltimore from drafting him in the first round, and I think that's where he ends up going. I think he goes to Baltimore. I think he'd be a good fit for Lamar Jackson Ooh. and potentially a move that would persuade Lamar Jackson even more to come back. You know, they got Odell Beckham. They've got Rashad Bateman. they got Mark Andrews. they got Quentin Johnson, who could be that deep threat guy, which I don't think any of those other three guys that I talked about who are currently on that roster are. I think Quentin Johnson could be a field stretcher for Lamar Jackson, give him a big body, deep threat wide receiver for the first time in Lamar Jackson's career. I think that's an exciting, an exciting potential for them. And and I think it's realistic. I think they could end up there. They pick in the mid twenties. And I think when Johnson could, could go there as, uh, as well. So. I think that's um, fake news that they haven't had a deep threat in Baltimore because uh, Deshaun Jackson was there last year. So Ooh. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Call me out, dude. Good, good call. Good call. All right. <laughs> You freaking liar. You're trying to trip up Jared and his journey to success. Sorry, Jared. I, I think Quentin Johnston is very similar in the way that he just is not fully ready, I don't think, for the pros because of the inconsistencies. He, there are some plays where it's, to me, like a mirror image of Calvin Johnson. And then yeah. there are other plays where it's like, oh, it's like the decline of uh, Tory Smith. You know, it's yeah. like some... Some plays, it's like, man, what? Which one are you? So I'm, I am worried as well. Yeah. But he, he had. I mean, so those plays are great. I think Baltimore is a great option. I like that a lot. I, I wondered if the Jets might do something because you know they got rid of Corey Davis, who not that he was a star, but it's Garrett Wilson and then it's Alan Lazard. Yeah. Which I guess is fine with Rodgers there officially, but I don't know. I just feel like they need something else maybe, but I think Baltimore is a pretty good option. Yeah. The Baltimore, the Jets might be a good option as well. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Let's go on to Zay Flowers here. My only knock on Zay Flowers is his size. It it, it worries me a little bit. Again, with a lot of these receivers, the size worries me. He comes in at 5'9", 182 pounds, uh, which I shared like isn't an ideal size for a wide receiver in the NFL when it comes to fantasy. But what I come back to on Flowers is that he's just a crazy athlete. He's just so athletic. He ran a 4-4-2 40-yard dash. He's slippery in the open field. He's a super shifty route runner. And he uses that to create space for himself, and he gets open. Like He he finds ways to get open all the time, and it's super, super exciting and and fun to watch. You look at another one of those guys where you're looking at him and go, "How how is no one near him? He's how did he just do that? Like he's just he's just found himself in the open field. Like it's it's crazy. But I do think he'll go in the first round. Uh, some people are projecting maybe a, maybe a, a second round, early second round, late first round. I think he'll go late in the first round and very late in the first round because I think a guy like Zay Flowers on the Kansas City Chiefs would be an absolutely game changing dynamic <laughs> to pair up with Patrick Mahomes. I think it'd be crazy. Oh, uh, just, just seeing Zay Flowers go to the Chiefs, you know, potentially a second coming of Tyreek Hill. Who knows what he could be? Uh, but I think the Chiefs would be a fun landing spot. And not to mention, but Patrick Mahomes and Zay Flowers worked out together last week in Texas per the request of Patrick Mahomes. So there may be there may be a connection there that that is legit. And so I think the Chiefs would be a fun landing spot for Zay Flowers. 
I mean, no offense, but Patrick Mahomes doesn't seem like he's a very good GM or has an idea of how uh, draft prospects works. Yeah. Uh, thanks Given to Clyde Edwards Alaire. Clyde Edwards Alaire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Golly. But yeah. I think, so, I mean, that's also why, just to, you know, spoiler alert for, you know, a couple weeks from now when we talk about just some other players, I'm excited for Kadarius Tony for the similar sure. reason that you love Jordan Addison so much. I, I think that. Addison is also not afraid of contact, which is the which is the yes, but to your concern of his measurables, he's not afraid of contact. He does Do you mean collide flowers? with players. Yes, yeah, sorry, I said Addison, didn't I? Yeah, I think somebody's a little excited about Jordan Addison. I think I'm gonna have to watch out in my fantasy drafts now. I'm, dude, bring it on, bro. Bring it on, <laughs> dude. Freaking come at me, dude. I'm not afraid of you, bro. I'm gonna freaking hit the gritty. Um. Yes, flowers. He's, he's literally is... hitting the gritty on the podcast right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Oh my goodness. You're welcome. Uh, yes, flowers <laughs> is not afraid of contact. And Kadarius Tony is pretty good at football. Golly. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway. Come on. This is a, this is a business here. Oh, Any, gosh. Anybody. <laughs> this is a business. Anybody that goes to the Kansas City Chiefs or wide receiver, I think has great potential. That's why we were obsessed with Michael Hardman for no reason. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. only other team that I think about that I think would be interesting is maybe someone like Buffalo just to get another yeah. player. Yeah. Um, it just because it, it's, it's all Stefan Diggs and they got rid of. Isaiah McKenzie as well, and it's like they just kind of yeah. need somebody else. Yeah. So Gabe Davis wasn't it, what he hoped he would be last year. Yeah, right. I, I also just throw out there the Raiders would be interesting, but they're too high in the draft yeah. to take Flowers. But uh, same thing. It's like it's just Devontae Adams, and they didn't re-sign Matt Collins again. Not that Matt Collins is amazing, but they just. I'm just trying to think of a great second option Somewhere behind else, a star yeah. receiver. I don't know why I keep thinking that for Flowers. Is he just could benefit with that opportunity. Yeah, no, but, definitely. Yeah, oh, Flowers yeah. Flowers is great. I think he's like my third favorite receiver from the class. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last wide receiver we'll talk about here is Jalen Hyatt. Listen, anybody who watched that Tennessee versus Alabama game, which randomly, Wes, you and I were in a Buffalo Wild Wings when that game was on. Yeah, we were. And we just kept watching this game going, who the crap is that guy? Like, who is this dude yeah. who scored? <laughs> touchdowns. He, I think he scored five touchdowns, touchdowns against touchdowns. Alabama in that single game. It was just like... What in the crap is going on? Uh, Jalen Hyatt, he's this past year's Blitnikoff Award winner, best wide receiver in college football, and deservedly so. Uh, he's another one of those wide receivers on the wider side. Obviously, I talk about him for almost every single one of these guys, but I don't think that'll stop a team like maybe the Dallas Cowboys from drafting Jalen Hyatt in the first round. I think he could end up as maybe as a little bit of almost like a Debo Samuel gadget type player for that offense. Uh, I know Mike McCarthy is boring and old, but uh, you know. <laughs> I think he could have fun. And Jerry Jones loves, you know, a good wide receiver. He, you know, they took the opportunity to get CeeDee Lamb. And, you know, Michael Gallup's there. Uh, they lost Dalton Schultz. You know, obviously they have Tony Pollard playing on the tag. You know, it's it's. It, I'm not really sure who another threat in the offense is going to be, but I know they're going to add somebody. And I think Jalen Hyatt could be interesting for uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. That's not a bad option for Dallas or Jalen Hyatt. I, I personally um, think Hyatt's a little overrated just because of that game. Sure. I I think he's really just an over the top receiver from everything that I've seen. It's he just I, I personally think he needs to improve underneath into the slant routes, middle of the field, hook zone, 
that kind of area. So for my thinking, because for me, he's an over-the-top deep threat, I think he would be great in somewhere like uh, New York for the Giants, who also mm. need an improvement and to have I've that... seen mock drafts of him going there as well, yeah. Oh, perfect. So I didn't know that, honestly. So I, I think I think the Giants are a great option just because they need somebody else to extend the field so that Daniel Jones and Saquon can be a threat on the ground and there be somebody else. Yeah, Darren Waller from, can't take 30 targets a game. So Right, and he's not yeah. fast. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, so be... that's what I think. I just think Hyatt's a little a little overrated. I, I don't think he's gonna be bad, but I just I think yeah. he's gonna he needs more around him, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't love him. I don't love him, but it'll be interesting to see. Um let's jump to tight ends real quick to close it out, Wes. Let's talk about Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Uh I think Michael Mayer is the guy who can have the most immediate impact for a team. So I kind of expect him to be the first tight end taken. Um I like to see him go to the Packers now that they're fully in this Jordan Love era. Give Jordan Love a, a good solid tight end who can help him grow, help him gain confidence, be a good safety net for him. Uh, I, yeah, I just I think it's really straightforward. I think Michael Mayer would be a great option in in Green Bay as they as they kind of divulge into this new era. Get a guy who is probably going to be a solid player for you know eight to ten years in the league. You know, never, maybe maybe has like a couple yeah. top tight end seasons in fantasy. Um, but I just think he's a really solid guy who will be, be a good option for Jordan Love as he as he gets his feet wet as a starter in the league. He's also nicknamed Baby Gronk in college. Oh, is he? More, yeah, yeah. Um, That's but, fun. And he really is like Gronkowski in the way that he plays. But more than that, he's a really good blocker, and he can yeah. actually play both those roles, which is extremely important. I like Green Bay. That's a great option, especially as Love has to – find how the you know all the different options and going through the reads i like that that's a good choice Noah. all right so moving on here let's look at dalton kincaid out of utah uh kincaid is probably the most productive and athletic of the tight ends in this class this year he led all players at utah last year and catches yards and touchdowns at the tight end position he's got great hands and he's fast enough to be a vertical threat over the middle personally i'd love to see the lions grab dalton kincaid and replace TJ Hawkinson, who was previously a good athletic tight end who demanded a lot of targets, got a lot of targets, was a productive guy. And uh, and I think I think if they replace TJ Hawkinson with Dalton Kincaid, he's another great receiving tight end to add to this high-powered offense and just another weapon. Uh, especially now with the Jameson Williams news, maybe he'll miss six games. I think it's mm. potential for Dalton Kincaid to come to the Lions and, and make a serious impact, especially in those first six games. I that's not a bad option, especially with the how productive Hawkinson has been for Detroit and then seeing what he already did with Minnesota that they know they need to get rid of or not get rid of because they got rid of him. They need to replace him and they have so many passing options already in Detroit. That's pretty good. Um, I really like him for the Rams. I think that that they need somebody else obviously they got rid of Allen robinson no he's gone but they need someone else (laughs) they need someone else because man it's just cooper cup and honestly for me (laughs) when i when i look at dalton kincaid i'm wowed by how similar he is to cooper cup in my opinion the body control and the possession catch that he has i mean if you remember when the rams won the Super Bowl. 
that the Bucks. Oh, the Bucks almost came back and beat them in the playoffs, and it was yeah. I was so annoyed as a. Yeah, it's just a seen it again. Brady's going to do it again. And then Stafford throws that over the top rainbow pass and Cup catches it. That's what King K has done a lot in college. Yeah. And I love it. And I think he is phenomenal in every way. He's my favorite of the tight ends. So I'd love for him to be there in LA. Give him a high five. Say what's up. Free tickets. Go visit SoFi. I love King K a lot. I like it. I actually really like that landing spot. I like that as well. It's a really good one. Uh, last set in here, Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Listen, this is probably awful to say. I think he's going to be a bust. I, I, I think the only is reason that the we're Kyle talking Pitts about him. disappointment in you? I don't know. No, not, not really, actually. <laughs> it's just I think the only reason we're really talking about him as much right now is because he made a crazy catch at the combine. He didn't really produce in college. He had, he had three touchdowns over a span of three years. And uh, yeah. he only had 28 catches for 450 yards in his in his last season. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not really excited about Darnell Washington. I think maybe the Saints take a shot on him just because they it's a position of need. And, you know, Juwan Johnson's a little older and stuff like that. But I'm honestly just guessing here. I mean, I, I hope he turns out to be a great producer in the NFL. I just I'm just worried that he isn't going to be. So I, I think that. It honestly, I was only half joking. I think it is a Kyle Pitt sized scar on my heart that it makes me be, worried yeah. about Darnell Washington. It feels like, man, yeah. you are insane. Uh, the combine, that mod sled where they push and it's they got the weight on the end of the blocking pad. He drove that thing like six yards in like two seconds, like it was nothing. And you watch every other tight end, they're like, <clears throat> it's like three yards and that's it, dude. Yeah, Washington is a giant human but i am worried because of what happened to kyle pitts that he's just going to be everyone's afraid of him but he does nothing and yeah yeah i feel the same way i'm just i'm ready for heartbreak yeah ready for heartbreak listen those are the top prospects and are some of our dream landing spots here thanks for hanging with us and going over it the last thing we'll do before we close out we're just gonna do you know there's there's some players that have a soft spot in our hearts, Wes. And uh, we're mm. pretty high on them. They're not getting a ton of attention. They're they're going to be our, our kind of like our sneaky looks, our under-the-radar rookies that we're going to be watching closely to see where they go this weekend in the draft. Wes, give me give me your sneaky look here for this, this 2023 draft. I am very, very, very into Josh Downs from UNC. I know he is undersized, as some in this podcast might put it. Noah. Maybe. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But I think he is a phenomenal football player in the sense that he is competitive. He is tough. He is great in the open field. He is like Steve Smith. He plays angry, Mm. but he plays smart. I love him. And truthfully, I don't really have a dream landing spot. That's why I really will have to evaluate where he goes because I think he's going to be best served as a wide receiver too for the first year, maybe two years, to get an understanding of how to take that ownership as the wide receiver one. He had over 1,000 yards last season, 94 catches, 11 touchdowns. I think he's great. He's He also trusts his hands. Like, his body doesn't move when the ball is in the air. His hands shift to the target. Yeah. He's so good. I I love Josh Downs. I want – we're talking about dynasty. 
I take Josh Downs in every mock draft to do in Dynasty. I want yeah. him to be the bee's knees, dude. Yeah. No, yeah, it's definitely – he's a special player and, and definitely one to keep an eye on here. He's not considered one of like the top guys, but he's definitely somebody that people are looking at. And, and Wes, you have a certain love for him. And so it's definitely – he has an opportunity to be a special player. I'm going to be watching to see where he gets drafted. What Even like the capital, what round. If he gets taken like high second round, it's going to be like, okay, like Dude, there's a plan yeah. for you somewhere. So wherever you go, it'll be interesting. But um, yeah, it's funny you say dynasty because I think almost these sneaky looks are kind of like – almost just like our favorite dynasty late round picks almost in a way because <laughs> because my my sneaky look in, in is probably more useful information right now for dynasty league trollers and jareds so um <laughs> but my, my sneaky look is is hendon hooker quarterback from the university of tennessee i think oh. hendon hooker is a guy who is very very special he had his torn he, he tore his acl last november but before he tore his acl he was leading the heisman race he is a very, very special player. He has a deep ball that is unbelievable. And I do believe if he had not gotten hurt, he would seriously be a, a front runner for the Heisman. He was a great player at Tennessee while he was playing. And so I'm kind of watching, you know, he's going to need a year to recover. Just, just toward the ACL in November. He's going to need a year to recover. I'm I'm looking for a team who has a kind of a quarterback already set in, in stone for at least the next year, maybe two years. I'd love for the Seattle Seahawks to take Hendon Hooker at pick number 20. I think allowing him Ooh. to learn in a successful system under one of last year's most accurate quarterbacks and then in a year or so unleash a Hendon Hooker-led offense with KW3, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, just Noah Fant still there, just a ton of weapons around this guy and uh, and just let him go to work. And I think that could be something really special. I th- I, I really am hoping – the Seahawks take Hendon Hooker at uh, at pick twenty. I think that'd be a really really exciting pick for them. Let him sit, let him develop, and then unleash him after Geno has you know done his done his work. That would be very interesting if they decided to take Hooker instead of Richardson. If they don't do that move with Richardson, but this is probably why I felt like Jalen Hyatt was a deep threat and didn't do much underneath. Sure. Because Hooker has such a phenomenal deep ball. And also he has great mobility too. He has the ability to actually pick up a first down on his, you know, on his wheels, which I think is also important. Um, I do think he needs a little bit of some season just under someone like Geno Smith, some veteran of some kind, you know, as he matures, heals from the injury and and turns into a pro. I think Hooker is actually, I mean, there's a reason he's fifth on the board and that is saying a lot with how much focus we've given these other four quarterbacks. I think Hooker is probably overlooked for that reason you said about the injury and the hyphen yeah. race. Yeah. Hooker is probably going to be a very important player when we look back at this 2023 draft. I think so. I think he's got a serious chance too, and I'm excited about it. Uh, that is going to do it for today's episode. Let us know in the comments here, who you're excited to see where they're drafted, who who your sneaky look is, who you're keeping an eye on, who you think is going to go, you know, number one overall. Is it going to be Bryce Young, like the betting favorites say? Will Will Levis somehow go at pick number two now? Like, what's going to happen there? Uh, but just let us know. Give us a comment, subscribe, like, follow, listen, wherever you're listening at. Uh, interact with us on social media. We love to see it. And so uh, do us a favor. Be sure to make Teddy the Troll smile by uh, just doing all that stuff, you know interacting 
engaging. We love it. We love to see it. Follow us on social media everywhere at Fourth and Troll on Facebook or Fourth and Troll Fantasy. We'll see you after the draft. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy.